period of time that we're in right now, the time of Sviras HaEmer, which is the bridge between Pesach and Shavuos. These are seven weeks that we count every single day, and the count starts from the second day of Pesach, which is when Klal Yisrael brought a Karban HaEmer. Karban HaEmer was a mincha. There was a carbon mincha which was brought from Sa'irim, from barley, and it was, its purpose in a halachic sense was in order to be matir chadosh. You're not allowed to eat any tzvua from the new crop until you actually bring this carbon aimer. Once you bring the carbon aimer on the second day of Pesach, now you're able to suddenly eat chadosh. On the other end of the, of the bridge, which is Shvuas, there is another carbon that's brought that after seven weeks of counting, then you bring another mincha of two loaves of bread, and what that is, that's matir chadash in the mikdash. But these seem to be very dry halachic matirim. Um, and so a person would be forgiven to say, no, what's the big deal about the Oimer? It's some barley, it's, you know, for some, to be matir, some chadash, and, you know, some ancient ritual. And the Medrash in Vayikar Rabbah in Perak Chavches Vav says as follows, Rav Shem Ben Lakish Oimer, Rish Lakish says, don't underestimate the power of the Mincha Saimer. Don't think that this carbon Mincha, this Mincha Saimer, this Mincha Saimer that's made and brought on the second day of Pesach is something that's a lightweight type of mitzvah. Don't think it has no personal ramifications. Because a mincha sa'imer has the power to bring peace between a husband and a wife. When a saita, which we'll describe in a minute what that's all about, but when there's a woman who is accused by her husband of having a relationship with another man in order to be matter her to him, in order to clear the air, in order that his his thoughts, that maybe she's unfaithful, maybe she's not loyal, maybe she was violating the sacred trust of marriage, in order to clear the air, the Torah devises something called a mincha saita, which was also a mincha, which was which comes from barley, just like the mincha saimer. And as a result of this mincha saita, a man and a woman can once again reunite and have harmony and have trust between them again. So if the mincha saimer is so great that it brings shalom bin ishli ishtai, so definitely this national mincha saimer that's brought on the second day of Pesach. Don't allow it to be frivolous or cheap or 
just not worthy of your attention. It's a very vital carbon, this Minchas Aymer, because look at what the Aymer does between Ish and Ishtai when it comes to a Saita, which is a very, very strange Medrash, because what is the Medrash alluding to? Is the Medrash trying to tell us that there's some connection between the Parsha of Saita, between the Minchas Saita, which is brought by a husband of a wife who is accused of not being faithful, and the nation of Klai Yisrael, that we should bring also a similar Minchas Aymer on the second day of Pesach, for what? For Shalom Bayis? Is it a, is it a Shalom Bayis carbon? Is that the tackle? Is that what the Mishnah, is that what the Medrash rather is, is trying to imply? So this morning I'd like to tell you a Chiddush that I thought of, and I have no idea whether it's true or not. And if it's not true, you'll sue me. But I think that even if it's not completely true, there's certainly a lot of truth behind it. You see, the Mincha Saita, let's describe a little bit of what happens with a Saita. A man has a wife, and his wife is, I don't know, she's schmoozing, let's say, with a certain other man, not her husband. And her husband is very jealous. Her husband is completely consumed. Why are you so interested in this guy? What's so great about him? Why are you always schmoozing with him? And because of this, he does something which is called kinoi. He takes two Adim, and he brings his wife in front of them, and he warns her very sternly, and he says, do not be miyached with this man. This man that I'm accusing you of being a little too friendly with, I want you never to be miyached with him, and I'm saying that in front of these two Adim. That's called kinoi. Now, a couple of days later, or a couple of months or years later, all of a sudden, lo and behold, two Adam are walking down the street, and they see that this woman is being miyakin with that man. And they come to the husband, and they say, you should just know, we saw your wife, you know, in a, in a, in a room together, alone with this person, and they were there for a certain amount of time that, you know, that, that a, a maisa could actually happen. And now all of the parasha saita begins to unfold. If you have kinoi and you have stira, now comes the parasha saita. And you bring this wife to the kayin in the Beis HaMikdash, and the whole Masechah saita talks about the process of what? Not the whole Masechah, but a lot of the Masechah talks about the process of bringing her there. There's a humiliation that's involved. She is basically not allowed to uh, wear certain clothing, and then the clothing that she is wearing, they take off of her in front of many people. A very humiliating process, and in the meantime, they're making her a lot of pressure to admit that she actually had the affair, if she did have one. And then if she says, no, I didn't, after all the pressure and all of the muster that they give her, and then there's something called the Mincha Saita, which is when the husband brings a, uh, this, this uh, barley and the kayin does a mincha with it, and then after they bring this karma mincha, this mincha saita, then um, they give her a special cup of water, and this water contains within it a parasha of saita, including the Shem Hashem, and it's nimchak 
the Kayan goes and he erases, he dissolves the words of this parsha into this water. And then this woman has to drink this water. And one of two things happen. If she's guilty, then her stomach explodes. It doesn't have to be right away. Sometimes it could take a little bit longer. And if she has more schosim, it could take even longer. But eventually, some weird science fiction type of thing happens to her stomach. Everything starts expanding and exploding. And she dies. If she's innocent, then she drinks it. And all of a sudden, everything that was going bad for them as a couple starts going good. If they weren't able to have children, now they're able to have children. If they're having children with a dark complexion, now their children have a light complexion. There's a lot of bracha that comes through the parsha of Saita if she's innocent. If she's innocent. And this is what the Medrash means how great it is that there's a Mincha Saita, because without the Mincha Saita, a man would just be perpetually, you know, misupic about whether his wife was faithful or not. Now that you have a Parsha Saita, now if the brachas start coming, then you know that Baruch Hashem, I was, it was a juk in my head, as the Gemara says, it's a Ruach Shtus that came into the husband, the husband had a Mishagas, that this woman was being up, really wasn't true, it was like, I it was fine, she was fine, she was faithful, space, whatever the, whatever her reasons for being miyachid with him was, but she was fine. And now there's finally Shalom Bayes that's able to be Shaira in this house. That is the parsha of Saita. Now let's go a little bit to the parsha of Sirus Aimer, of the carbon Aimer, and the process after the carbon Aimer, of Sira that we count every day. Ayayim, Yayim, Echad, La'aymer, Ayayim, Shani, La'aymer. We're counting from the Aymer. What is this concept of Sira? So I think if you ask anyone in the room, they'll tell you right away. As soon as you say, what's Sira all about? They're not going to stop bringing, well, there's a carbon Aymer, and then there's a Shte'alechem, and it's, you know, it's counting from one to the other, which is really the truth of Shalmikra. Everybody knows the Chinuch. That the Chinuch says, that Sirius Aimer is a, it's a Yeshiva Shechinach. He says, no, no, the Sirius Aimer is, it's towards Kabbalah Satayra. We know that 50 days after the Aimer, you have Shvuas. Shvuas is the Yaim of Matan And so, and that was the point of us going out in Mitzrayim. No Gu'ula was to get the Taira. And that's the purpose of the whole world. And so Mela were counting excitedly towards that day, that amazing day of Maimon Arsinai. That's what Klai Yisrael counts every single day, another day, another day, another day, until Mantaira. Mantaira is like the, the goal, that's on top of the mountain. And every day we climb another rung and another rung, another rung, until Shvuas. That's what the Chinuch says, is the Taichin Sphere says. Sphere Sahimer is a Tairidika Mahalaf. It's a journey of excitement until we're able to reach that day of Kabbalah Satayra. Now we know, we were here for the Shmuz before Pesach, that Kral Yisrael by Pesach was a Bechina of Erison, and by Shvues it was Nesuin. 
We got engaged to Rabbi Yisrael on Pesach, the love affair of Klai Yisrael, the Rabbi Yisrael commenced in earnest on Pesach, and then we count the days to the Chuppah. Matan Taira was the Chuppah, the Yom Chasunasa, the Yom Shem Chasliba, that's the Yom Matan Taira. It's, it was literally a chuppah, Kaddish Baruch who put the hair on top of our heads like a canopy, and we were Makabel, the Taira, Nasa, the Nishma, and that was the culmination of the period from Erisin to Nisun. That's the Chinuch. <coughs> I remember when I was a chassan, not when I was a chassan, when I was a bacher, in yeshiva, every time there was a chassan in our room, so somebody, it wasn't me, but somebody made, got a piece of oak tag from the, from the store and made like a countdown. And they had a picture of the chassan and cow in the middle. And that was the yayim, you know, that was the yayim achuppah. And every day that somebody made an X, you know, there's 33 days left to the chassan. There's 32 days left to the chassan. There's 31 days left to the chassan. That's sort of what the chuppah, what the days of Aymer should be. It's a countdown or a count up, whatever the one this is, of why that's not, that's not today's shmuz, why we're counting up instead of down. That's a whole other discussion. But there's definitely an excitement in the air, or there should be. Wow, it's almost a day of Matan Torah. I can't wait. It's a day of excitement. Every day is another conquering of another one of the Kinyane Hatayra. That's what the Bali Musr say, you know, every day you're supposed to be working on one of the Memphis Kinani Atayra, and if you're going to ask, well, that's 48, what do you do on the 49th day? The Bali Musr says, that's when you chazer all the 48 Kinyani Atayra that's brought in the last parak in Perkei Avis. But these are days of excitement. These are days that we're getting engaged, we're getting, we're, we're engaged and we're getting married and we can't wait for that chuppah. That's how, if we were really, really into learning and we were re- really, you know, our ashkapas were really synchronized with the terrorist ashkapas, these were, these would be very, very exciting days for us. We'd be really storming and steiging and being able to be so excited because Shmuz is coming. There's only one problem, I think. When it comes to learning Torah, there's maybe more than one problem. But the main problem, as a mashkiach that I hear from guys in yeshiva, when it comes to learning, and when it comes to perhaps being able to get engaged to your kala, there's one major problem with learning Torah in yeshiva, and beyond. And that is that there's something about when I see somebody else learning and being a bigger master than me and being able to be the best guy in sheer and being able to have a brilliant mind that I don't have. And he knows everything. He knows Tanakh and he knows Halacha and he knows all the Yeshiva Shireid and he knows the Sugya even before it starts and he knows all the Mayer Mekaymas and he's able to connect the dots and figure out sheer even before he goes in. Those guys I can't stand. And when I look at them, and when I focus on them, I have like this, this burning jealousy against them, and I don't like learning because of that. It's so true. It's so true. It's such a common phenomenon. I'll be honest with you, I have it myself. Sometimes you go and you see people learning, you know, if you walk into Lakewood, let's say, you know, sometimes if you're, if you're, if you don't expose yourself too much, then you're okay. 
But if you also you go into Lakewood and you see like you know guys your age and they're like mamish like they're still like in their teens but they're in their forties and fifties and sixties and they're learning and they're harving and they're steiging and they're screaming and they're into it and they're you know and they they know call it cool you're like Ugh. you know you just like you just Ugh. you know it's just so not not kishma. It's just you have that raging, burning jealousy that, uh, you know, I just don't even want to learn anymore. It's like I'm just hang, I'm going to hang up my hat and that's it. It's done. And so if a person has that, and every time you walk into the basement, you see that guy giving kabura, and that guy, you know, shteiging, and that guy being a masman, and he's always in basement, and he's never leaving, and he's always, it's like it really shares the simcha. It really doesn't allow me to enjoy the terror. The excitement that I should have for Maimon Sinai is not there. And a major reason why it's not there is because I am all consumed with rage and jealousy that somebody else is learning and somebody else is better than me and somebody else is a bigger master than me and somebody else has like a certain like knack for getting it that I don't have. And if Tyra is our Ava, if we're supposed to love Tyra, and Tyra is supposed to be our wife, and Tyra is supposed to be our, our Kawa, so then how can I really appreciate my Kawa if I always think of her as being somebody else's Kawa? That guy, it's his Kawa, it's not my Kawa. Nerv Kiveger used to get Chas and Tyra every single year. And since the Tyra, they would always give and one year he came down you know, after he got and he looked like depressed and they said, why are you depressed? a big mazel to us, simply says, you know he says, I've been Chassantaira now for 30 years and I still don't know the kala sometimes you're a chassan with a kala and you don't really know her, you don't really feel like you, you, you know, that she's yours because you feel that she's everybody else's but mine She's his, and she's his, but not mine. And a person has a feeling that's very close. Because the Torah is supposed to be the love of our life, it's a very close feeling to that man that has that accusation, that ruach shtos in him, about the saita. It has a very similar feel to it. When you have a person that you feel is supposed to be faithful to you and you see them with other people, and when you feel that you're supposed to be one with the tire, but yet the tire seems to be others and not yours. There's a Gemara in Psachim, and that Memtes of Medbez. The Gemara says, and it's talking about Amaratsim, Amaratsim that were real Amaratsim back in the day. You know, and it wasn't just them, they didn't know how to learn. They hated Tommy Dachacham through and through. And the Gemara says an amazing thing. If you learn Taira in front of an Amaretz, it's Kilu Bayel Arusasai Bifanov. It's as if you were Bayel, as if you were bile his arusa in front of his face. You take his arusa, you're bile right in front of him. That's what it's like for an Amarit to see a Tamukhacham learning. Because the Torah says, Torah tziva lanu maisha, 
Myrasha Kilas Yaqad, the Taira is our Myrasha, our Tikri, Myrasha Ella Mehayrasa. Don't read it that she that the Taira is our Yerusha, it's our inheritance, it's our legacy, it's our heritage, it's our Kala, it's our Arusa. And so an Amaretz who watches the Tamaracham learning, and he knows deep down in, in his heart, or in his Nishama, that she's my Kawa, she's my Arusa, why is he learning and not me? It's Mamish Kibayal Arusa, it's Mamish Asaita. It's Mamish Amaisa of Saita. When somebody else is learning, and I see that person learning, and I'm not learning, or I'm not learning as much as him, it's Mamish, it's a simulation of Kibayal Arusa Saitafanam. That's not my chazal. That's chazal. I didn't make that up for the shmuz. But I couldn't find a better chazal. I'll find you another good chazal. A crazy chazal that says that in the parsha of Kairach, it's a Gemara in Sanhedrin, that Kuf Yud, Aleph, on the Pasuk, Vayishma Meshav Vayipal Aponav, Moshe Rabbeinu heard the accusations being thrown at him and he fell down in his face. You know what Chazal tells us? What was the accusations? They were chesed, Moshe Rabbeinu, of being with their wives. Did you ever hear of such a, something more ridiculous than that? People, Klal Yisrael as a whole, the Amah Kaddish, are accusing Moshe Rabbeinu, the Ava Nevi'im, the Rabbin Shal Kol Yisrael, of being Mizana with their wives? What does that mean? That's obviously that needs a little Pirish. And I think the Pirish is very simple. Because since Maishra Rabbeinu was Makabal the Taira, Maishra Rabbeinu was the master of Kalatarakula, everybody inside of them had a feeling towards Maishra Rabbeinu. I don't fagin. There's something about that Maishra Rabbeinu that he's taking away my, my wife from me. He's taking away something that's mine. I have a, a relationship with the Torah. I'm supposed to have a relationship. And he took it all. He's that one that got all of the Torah. And now I feel, when I see him, I just feel like full of like this kin of a psycho. So I might as well be accused him of being with my wife. It's the same thing. Because that was the feeling. That was the emotional feeling that people had. That I'm a ratzis inside of all of us. Not just I'm the Amaratz in that field this way. We all have a shtickle Amaratz inside of us. That when we see somebody that's a bigger Tamachachim or a bigger Master or somebody with more Kishrenas, we go and we hate them. We have a sin towards them that's irrational, but in a way it's rational because he's taking something that's mine. He's taking something that should be mine, my power, and he's taking it away. tell you another Misa. There is a Yid by the name of Rav Chizkiyah Medini. Rav Chizkiyah Medini was perhaps more famously known as the title of the Sefer called the Stechemed. The Stechemed is an encyclopedia of Tyra. It's a whole, I don't think we have in Yeshiva, it's a very expensive set to buy because it's huge. So you can understand this is a, before the times of computers and there was one person that wrote an entire encyclopedia on every sugya and shas. Who was this Reb Cheskiyah Medini? He was a, a Svaidah Shayid and 
he was not the biggest Talmud Chacham in the world. He was a, he had some Kishrenes, but not major, not the, not the smartest guy in Yeshiva. And then he applied, he got married, he applied for the Kairal, and the Manal of the Kailal took a liking to him, even though he perhaps wasn't on the level of the rest of the Kailal, but they accepted him anyway. And he started learning Yen Balayla with a Gishmak. And he would sing when he was learning. And he would dance when he was learning. And he was there to turn out the lights and to open the lights and everything. He was it. He became like the Arisha Bechabura. And there was one guy in the Kailal that really had this kinna that we're talking about today. That's beyond kinna seifrim. It's It was a, an evil kinna. And you know what he did? One day the manal was away. He went over to the cleaning lady in the, in the kailal. There was a woman who, who, who did the sponja. And he said, you know, you're probably making minimum wage here, right? She goes, yes. How would you like to make a couple of hundred dollars? Oh, I would love that. Okay, no problem. See that guy over there, Chizkiyah Medini? I want you to accuse him next time the opportunity is right. I'd like you to accuse him of trying to have a relationship with you. She's fine. She took the money. They were in the coffee room. She was cleaning and he was there. They were there alone. All of a sudden she starts screaming and running and everyone has a big tumult. What happened? He tried to attack me. That was the kinna that this person had against Yom Medini in order because he had this kinna that we're talking about and it was, it was, it enabled him somehow to be able to create like Kain of Parsha of Saita in the Kailo. And the story goes on how he was Mavuza, he had to run out of town with Chizkiyah Medini because everybody was talking about him when the Rosh Chabura, the, the Manal of the Kailo came back. He fired this lady, this cleaning lady, because he was a little chayshid that something was funny or his son didn't want her to be around anymore. The money ran out by this woman. And the money ran out, so she wanted, you know, a job again. So she tracked down where Chizkiyah Medini lived, where he was in hiding, where he relocated to in a witness protection program. And he found her. She found him and she told him the whole story from beginning to end that this guy in Kailo hired me in order to accuse you of being with me and of course it wasn't true and I'm so terribly sorry but now I don't have any money anymore. Can you get me my job back? Anyway, he was a tzaddik. He went back to the Manal of the Kailo. He said, he said, I want you to get her her job back. But he went over to her, the Seychemed, and said, I don't want you ever to repeat what happened or else it's not going to be good. I will get your job back, but on one night, you can never, ever tell anybody what happened. Even though you can imagine the Nisayan for the Stechemet to clear his great name, to get his name back because of this Kyle guy that had jealousy against him and accused him of being with, with this woman. But he didn't want to make a Chil Hashem. He was afraid that people would find out that Kyle guys do that to each other and that's Zutayr Vazuz Chayra. So he says, I will, and, and that's what happened. He did not, she got her job back, and he went through the rest of his life, Kemat, with this, you know, this blight on his record, but he didn't want to make a Chil Hashem. And the Seychemet said that since that Misa, that I was able to overcome my Nisayan and not spill the beans about this guy and make a Chil Hashem and be Mavazim and his family and all that, from that day, the gates of Shemaim opened. 
and I was able to shtag and be able to uh, absorb massive amounts of Tyra, all because I was soivel this elbow this embarrassment, I was able to absorb and take it rather than saying a word. My point for bringing this story is not so much the, the punchline of the story, but the fact that you see that the kin of Tyra is so real that it could lead a person, a good person, to do this. Because this amaratsis that we have inside of us, when we see somebody else shagging, we don't like it. Because we feel in a certain way that that person is taking our kawa, that's something that makes it almost impossible to enjoy these imayatshmira. How can I enjoy getting under the chuppah with my kawa when I don't trust my kawa? When I don't feel really united with her. If she's so with me, then why is she with everybody else? Why does other people, why do other people seem to be having a much better relationship than I? And I believe, and I could be wrong, that that's what the Medrash means. The Medrash says, Amar Eish Mitzvah, Don't allow this Minchas to be nothing to you. There's a very great significance and importance to the Minchas that was brought every single year on the second day of Pesach. Because before we're able to get under the chuppah with our power, we have to clear there. There has to be complete shalom bias. And so the Torah says, bring the same mincha. On a national level, it's a mincha sa'irim. The only other place we have mincha sa'irim is by mincha sa'ita, if I'm not mistaken. I know there's going to be some guy after to know there's also a mincha. That, I think it's only these two. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But there's a mincha sa'imer, and there's a mincha sa'ita, they're both Minasairim, and the purpose of the Minchasaita was in order to bring Shola and Benish Leishtai. And that is why we bring a Minchas Ha'aymer on the second day of Pesach. Because we're heading towards Mount Taira. It's the first day of the Aymer. There's something that I have to take care of before I get really too excited about approaching Mount Taira with my Kala. I gotta make sure that my Kala and I are one that there's Shalom Bayes, and I'm able to not have this rachtos, that I'm able to get the juk out of my head for once and for all, that I don't have to worry about my kala being with other people. All I have to concentrate on is my kala being with me, that the Torah and me are one. That's the sight of the Minchas That's bringing Shalom, meaning between me and my Torah. On a national level, every year you have your own chalik in Tyra. Be happy with her. Take your power. Be happy with her. Don't worry about what other people are doing with their own palace. And we're main if this Aymer. We do a Tznufa with a carbon Aymer on the second day of, of, of Pesach. And Rashi brings that the purpose of the Tznufa, which was up and down and right and left, was in order to Latsa Ruach Rois to get rid of all of the evil spirits. And maybe those are the same evil spirits of the Ruach Shtus that we have with the Saita. And there is a Tznufa also by the Tznufa Saimer of the, of the, the, the Saita's carbon. There's also a Tznufa. It's the same thing. You have to clear the air. You have to be able to vanquish this Ruach Shtus 
once and for all, if you're going to Matan Tire, you have to make sure to take care of one order of business first. And that's to bring the Minchas Aymer, to make sure that there's Shalom between Ishli Ishtai, and that we can understand and live and be able to be happy when other people are learning, and not worry about them, and only worry and focus on me, with my power. And I think it's not in pure coincidence that that's why we have Avelos during this time for the Talmud of Rabbi Akiva, the 24,000 Talmud of Rabbi Akiva, Shainagu Kavit Zalazab, but there's a Medrash. The Medrash is in Bereshis Rabbah. And the Medrash says, if you want to look it up, the Medrash is in Perak Samach Aleph, Medrash Gimel. That you know what that means, they had Saras Ayan one to another. They didn't fagin one another. It's not just that they, they weren't they didn't stand up when each other came into the room. They had Saras Ayan. They had something that really bothered them about the other one learning. When they came into the basement, they saw a lot of people shtiging and talking and learning. It didn't make them happy, it made them bitter. It had they had that evil eye. They had that Saras iron one towards another. They weren't happy when they saw people shtagging and learning and going to Shurim and Chazaring. It made them miserable. They had a Saras iron Zelazah. That was why the Tamidah of Yekiba died. I'll quote you a an Avistar of Nassan. The Avistar of Nassan is quoted by Rebchaim Kanievsky in his Sefer Achas Yesher. It's a very thing. He says, you know, you might be thinking, isn't there such a thing as kinasay from Tarba Chachma? It's good. It's good to see people, you know, to have a little jealousy. That, that, that pumps me up. It makes me go. It makes me up my game. So Reb Chaim brings this, says, there, there's, there's good kinasay from, there's bad kinasay from, and he brings this officer of Nassim that says that even where it's mutter, like kinasay from, that's only that you should try to like do a little better, learn from the other people that are learning more, but not of a loishete einoit tzara b'shal Not that you should have this tzaras ayin. He's not saying in the context of tamidu rabbi kiva. I'm stalling that too. The officer of Nassim says ayin hara ketzad. What does it mean in ayin hara? Shloite einoit shal adam tzara b'mishnasei shal chaveret. A person should not have this tzaras ayin when other people are learning. It happened, the guy had a tsaras ayin for his other, his friends, Tyra. He died. He was so bitter and so miserable that he died. And that's what happened with Tamidir Rabbi Akiva. They had tsaras ayin. Again, whenever we speak about Tamidir Rabbi Akiva, we have to make this huge disclaimer that Tamidir Rabbi Akiva are not us. Tamidir Rabbi Akiva were Tanoim, they were Malachi Hashem Tzavakis, they were Goinim, they were Tzadikim. When we're speaking about these infractions, it's on a microscopic level that we probably wouldn't even be able to detect if we were sitting and watching them in their base medrash. But Apo Pika and Chazal are saying this and they're teaching us a lesson to trickle down to us where it is very apparent sometimes. And I'm very well equipped to know it because a lot of people come over to me and tell me this all the time, how they really have a problem with other people learning so much and so well, and it bothers them. That is what the parashat of Minchah Saifa comes to teach you. 
And that's what the Pashman Chasid is designed for, to bring Shalom being you're on your way to Mount Tyre, fine. Take care of one thing first. Get rid of that evil eye. Get rid of that Saras Ayan that you have because otherwise you're not going to be able to enjoy your Kali. You're going to look at her as a as a saita. Get rid of that Rashtos. And that is why we have a national carbon of Minchasaita. Because the Minchasaimer of Sa'im also brought Shalom Bin and this can too. You have to allow it to work. You have to be in sync with the Minchasaimer on the second day of Pesach and understand that it's designed to do this. But if you're in line and you're in sync and you have that, then you should not have the problem during the Sphira of of this jealousy, of this Sarasayan, and when Rabbi Akiva's Talmidim did, back during this period of time, after there was Akrava of Mincha Saito, which is, uh, of Mincha Saimer, and there's a big Machlegis, by the way, amongst historians, mm-hmm. whether or not these 24,000 Talmidim died before the Chorban or after the Chorban, but I saw great riots that happened before the Chorban, which really works well for me, because that means that during the time of Rabbi Akiva's Talmidim, during the time of, of their death, there was Akrava Saimer, there was a Beis HaMikdash, so there was a there was this Saita offering that was brought on a national level that was able to stop these Ruchas rise. And yet they didn't work on themselves enough. They didn't get the message of the Minchasaimer. It was Kalabainayam. And they said, Nope, I'm still gonna be jealous. The officer of Nasim says a person could die from that. Why? How? What? I don't know. It's a fight. But if a person has Saras Ayn, Mishazashabai, not good. Deservant of death. Now we don't have a carbon today. And so what do we do? We need Musr. We need Musr in order to get rid of this Ruach Ra. And we have a Sira. And the Sphira tells us something very interesting. There's a halach and Sphira that I can't be mighty to you in Sphira. You have to make your own Sphira. Usvartem rochem. The Sphira is for you. And the Sphira is for you. And the Sphira is for you. Everybody has their own Sphira. You know why? Because everybody has their own kawa. And everybody has their own chalak in Tyra. My Tyra is not your Tyra. Your Tyra is not my Tyra. Don't be jealous of my Tyra. I have my own Chalik in Tyra. I have my own personal Sphira towards Mount Tyra. You have your own Mount Tyra. Just because we all happen to have been standing Shishim Ribai around Mount Tyra, that doesn't mean that we're all, we're all the same morphed into one person. We each have our own Kabbalah Satyra. We each have our own Din Sphira Lachem. Don't be jealous of somebody else's power. The Torah says, like, you know what the Ebenezer says? The Ebenezer asks one of the most famous questions in the world. How can the Torah govern me not to be jealous? You could tell me not to eat a cheeseburger. You could tell me not to speak Lashonara. You could tell me not to um, uh, do any of the Averis. You're going to tell me, don't be jealous. I'm jealous. Too bad. I'm jealous. It's an emotional thing. This is not something that I could, I have any say in. If my friend pulls up into his driver with a brand new Maserati, I'm going to be jealous of him. I, but the Torah says, well, Sachma, don't be, well, I can't help it. That's a natural thing. It's natural to be jealous. Zuck to Ezra, if you'd understand 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world, you wouldn't be jealous. He says, just like you're not jealous of a, of, 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 he says, a mushal of somebody, let's say, a, you know, a, a, a farmer, a very passionate person is not jealous, you know, uh, oh, I wish I could marry, you know, the princess of, uh, of England, the queen of England, I wish, uh, you know, she's not married, she's not looking at you, so it's not happening. You're not jealous of such a thing because you're not, you know, you know that's not happening. He says, and just like a person, a normal person is not jealous of a bird because he could fly because he's a bird and you're not. So don't be jealous, it's a different world. And he says a person doesn't have a title for his mother because he says, he says, even if she's really pretty, you're not, it's your mother. You know not, it's, it's not shayach to you. Says the Ebenezer, that's how you can control your chemda. By understanding that every single person is living on their own world. HaKadosh Baruch gave him the Maserati, he gave me the Honda Accord. And if he would have wanted me to have the Maserati and my neighbor the Honda Accord, he would have done that. So you're jealous of somebody else's thing. It's not your world. Because could do anything. He didn't do it, so it's not yours. Be happy with what you have, and that's, you have your own life. You have your own wife, you have your own kids, you have your own car, you have your own house. So what do you care about what somebody else is doing? It's not yours. You'll never get it in a million years anyway. It's not shayat to you. That's what the Torah is telling us here. Look at your own Torah. Keep your nose in your own Gemara. Be happy with your own Chalik and Tyra. It's your Kala. He has his Kala. You have your Kala. And marry the two shall meet. That's the aside of the Yimei HaSfira. Not to have Tzara We don't have a Chava Karben Aymer to, to do the job for us. So we have to do the job for ourselves. You count for yourself. It's your kawa. Be happy with her. Don't look at Yenim's kawa. She's not doing anything with her. That's his kawa. His tire is his tire. Your tire is your tire. Learn a little more. Learn a little better. Has a little bit better. And you'll have your kawa as beautiful as his. But it's not shyach to you. It's a mayrasa to every single person. And every person has to look just at his own chalik and tire. And not at Yenim's chalik and tire. Ramesha Schwab was Shimon Schwab's brother. He came to Mashkiach and Gateshead. He said he once went to Rebuchan and he said, like, he was like voicing like these types of, you know, misgivings about his learning and people are much better than him and geniuses in yeshiva and lamdonim and I'm not holding that and I'm very upset about it. So Rebuchan said something beautiful to him. He said, he says, nobody expects you to do more than what's b'kaychai u b'maychai. You have a mayach, HaKadosh Baruch gave you a brain. Is your brain, is your IQ level as high as his? Maybe not. So what? HaKadosh Baruch doesn't expect you to have his brain. He expects you to have your brain. That's your mayach. Every person has kayach. Some people are more energetic. Some people need more sleep. Some people need less sleep. If you need more sleep, you have to go to sleep. If you need less sleep, you can learn more. If you have more of a, 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 a this iris, that's for, not everybody has the same brand, not everybody has the same brain. But you gotta do what you have with your kale, that's all that's expected. No one's gonna come up to Shamayim and there's gonna be a tiny on you, why were you not Rebbe Vega? Because I'm not Rebbe Vega, period. The question, like the famous Rebzusha, you know, Manapoli, they're never gonna ask me why I wasn't him or him or him, they're gonna ask me why I'm not Rebzusha. That's the aside of these days, the mass fear that Saras Ayan. You want to rid yourself, we want to rid ourselves of Saras Ayan. 
Remember that every single person has their own chalik and taira. What's mine is mine. What's yours? I have to work on my power, 100%. But what's yours is yours. And what's mine is mine, I believe, Rabbi Yisrael. But that's the site of the Shtei Alechem at the end of the, at the end of the bridge. Lechem is something that is a euphemism for an Isha. By Yosef with Haitifar says that he didn't stop Kima Lechem Asher and all of the parshas that means his wife. Lechem is always a reference to a person's wife. Paspasali. Person is married, he has paspasali, he has bread in his basket. A wife is bread. The Shtei Lechem that we bring symbolically on Shvuas is supposed to be the culmination of this journey. And it's supposed to tell us that we each have our own kala and we each have our own chala. There is a shtei lechem. What's my lechem is not your lechem. What's your lechem is not my lechem. Let's get that straight. On the journey between the, the bringing of the Aymer, the Sairim, on the second day of Pesach, in anticipation of this beautiful experience of going towards Montoya with our beautiful kala, excitedly, without any problems, without any questions of loyalty, polluting our relationship and culminating on Matantaira by Sinai when it becomes clear the Shtea Lechem that's the site of life we each have our Lechem my Lechem is not your Lechem your Lechem is not my Lechem my Taira is my Taira your Taira is your Taira the Saint Chalkeinu B'Sarasecha the Chavitz Chayim once wrote a beautiful letter to to Babram Elia Kaplan, who was Rashiba in Berlin, very young, brilliant Hamachacham, a Slavatka Talmud, who died very young. Anyway, the Chavetz Chaim wrote a letter to him in response to the letter that he wrote, and he was very happy about how he is being Marbitz Taira in Germany. And then he goes on, off on like sort of a tangent. I don't know exactly how it's Nagay, if it was in response to something that Babram Elia wrote to him, but he writes about this beautiful concept of the same Chalkein of Sarasacha, how every single person when we're born, we're allotted our own personal Chalik and Tyra. And that's a very scary thing in a way, because maybe I should be writing tremendous Svarim, and maybe I, oh yeah, I did. Um, but may, maybe I should be doing, I'm joking, but may, maybe I should be doing more, maybe I should be learning harder and better. But it's also very inspirational, because what it's saying is, that I am my own Chalik and Tyra. No one can take that away from me. It's for me to, to, to build and to develop and to do and to, and to love and to keep and to relish. But it's my Chalik and Tyra. It's the same. We're davening, not that I should take your Chalik and Tyra away from you. I shouldn't have any kinna against you except for kinna seifrim on a, on a very good level. But when it comes to being this psychedelic feeling that you can't live because it bothers you that somebody else is learning and somebody else is being and that you have this on you because you see other people take it easy you have your kala, he has his kala your kala is not his kala his kala is not your kala there's there's two loaves we each get one and what's mine is mine, what's yours enjoy your kala, I'll enjoy my kala and if we can understand these Yisaitis, and I think these are so integral to, to these Yimei the contrast between Kabbalah Satara and the Talmud Rabbi Akiva just leads me to the conclusion that this is what these days are, their Abayda. Their Abayda is not having Tzara being happy with our Kala, 
being able to go to Montana excitingly to the Chuppah without any questions or doubts. And amidst Hashem, if we're able to have the aside of the of the Karbanaimer and have the aside of the Shtealachem and have the Measfiro Svartim Mochem, then amidst Hashem we will be Zaycha to Makabel the Torah Ba'ava. And we'll have a wonderful year together of steiging and being b'chabur achas and being ki'ish echad, b'leiv echad with ava and achdos and shalom and reyes and have a wonderful Shabbos.